0: Let me show you how this is done. Hold the glass up and examine the wine against the light. You're looking
1: for color and clarity. Now, stick your nose in it. Maybe some strawberry. Um, oh, there's just a flutter of like a like a nutty Edam cheese. When do we drink it now?
0: Hmm. Are you chewing gum? No.
1: Spit it out. Welcome to Movies Charles Unseen, episode 49. My name is Crossman. I'm Wilson. And I'm Charles. And this week we watched the 2004 movie Sideways. So, Charles,
2: tell us about Sideways. Okay, so Sideways is about two friends named Miles and Jack, and Miles is kind of in a rut um, post-divorce, and Jack is a week away from getting married, so they've gotten together to kind of have some buddy time and celebrate the upcoming wedding. But it turns out that Jack wants to get laid before he gets married. And so they go around uh, tasting wine and that kind of stuff because Miles is a wine enthusiast. Miles ends up hitting it off with a waitress at a restaurant that he frequented. And Jack meets someone who works at one of the wineries that they toured at. They start essentially going out. But then Miles accidentally lets out that Jack is about to get married and so things all fall apart. I guess after a bunch of hijinks, Jack <laughs> ends up... It's, I can't explain all of it, right? But <laughs> after a bunch of, of hijinks, of Jack ends up getting his face beat in by the girl he was going out with and then goes back and ends up getting married for real. Miles hears back from Maya, the waitress, that he saw a few times and decides to go and pursue that, and it's a hopeful ending.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, This was your pick, Crossman. Uh, you said when you picked it that this was going to be uh, a chance to see if it still holds up that kind of viewing. So, did it hold up?
1: Yeah, I mean, comedy. Like all comedies, you're never sure if it's yeah. going to like still be good or not. Yeah, and it's kind of an uh, of the moment movie too. Like it was a hot movie for it was, a while. It was a really hot indie movie yeah. in two thousand four. Then like everyone forgot about it. Yeah. 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 It put it kind of put Paul Giamatti on the map. Yes. Did Thomas it? Hayden Church also got some heat after this. And he was in Spider-Man. He was Sandman. He was Sandman. Yeah. <laughs> and then, in, unfortunately, after that, did not. Yeah. In what is no longer the worst Spider-Man movie, but still yeah. not very good. <laughs> not a great one. Yeah. Um, he's he still pops up from now and then. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I've enjoyed it again this time yeah. around. I was happy to see that it it held up. It struck me this time around as a. Woody Allen movie, like, sans Woody Allen. <laughs> okay. And I'm f- I'm fine with that. Yeah. It has, a, like, a lot of Woody Allen elements to it. It has, like, a jazzy soundtrack. <laughs> right. It has, like, a a, a, d- a dorky main character. Yeah. Um, who I feel is a lot more endearing than, like, any Woody Allen character. Because well, we it's have not to... Woody Allen. Yeah, exactly. We don't have to like, <laughs> but... think,
0: like, around Woody Allen if we want to enjoy the movie.
1: Yeah, and I think there's actually some, like, real like character development that happens. This movie for Paul G. Motti's character that he's like Yes. He starts as like a pretty despicable character and by the end of the movie he's actually like kind of like a sweet He's made some changes. Yeah, he made he's, he's there's improved. like actual like changes in yeah. his life. Um, <laughs> and it's it's an indie movie like in every sense of the word. I think it's sort of like some B and C level actors mm-hmm. and it's clearly shot very cheap. That part did not hold up very well. It's shot with, like, <laughs> handheld
2: cameras very clearly. Yeah. It, it did uh, have a very te- made-for-TV movie look yeah. to it. It think, did, yeah.
0: I think it kind of worked in the sense that it felt like a home movie or like someone's travel movie. Which yeah, was it felt was breezy. Which, so I yeah. think that that was effective for what they were doing here. Like, that, that didn't bother me.
1: Yeah, and... Um, it's funny. I th- I think it's actually funny. Like I, yeah, I was too. still laughing at the jokes, even though I know them well. I've seen this movie actually many times. Oh and really? Yeah. Okay. Um, but I, I haven't it? seen it in like ten years.
0: Okay, I saw it when it came out. And like that
1: was it. Same. And then yeah. I actually saw it quite a lot after that. I really? Think it was mm-hmm. like very much in the zeitgeist, and and saw it quite a few times because of that. Okay. Cool. Um, what do you think about this one, Charles?
2: I thought it was great. Great, I, okay. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, um, I really liked the light, the writing, and the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, something about it just felt very real to me. Yeah, the yeah, like I said, the writing was very compelling. I liked some of the dialogue exchanges that they had. I really felt like I cared about what was going on to the characters. Yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit.
0: Yeah, me too. Like I, I, I thought it was good. Um, I remember liking it when I first saw it, and then just again, like I kind of forgot about it. It, it, it was one of those movies that like got a ton of attention. Like for a year and then, like, was immediately forgotten. Um,
1: I think it deserved the attention. Some of those movies kind of catch heat in ways that they don't really like deserve. But I think Little Miss Sunshine is like a good example of that. I didn't like that
0: movie the first time around. Fuck that movie. Yeah, and that (laughs) one,
1: Best Picture, right? (laughs) I think so. Yeah. It did? did? Okay. I don't, I forget what How Sideways did, but I remember it being nominated and definitely put. Everybody in it on the map. Yeah, yeah. I and think it, I
2: saw that it won best adapted screenplay, but none of its sense. other nominations. Yeah, I think
1: it was a novel or something.
2: It was yeah. a novel.
0: I actually yeah. looked it up uh, prior to our recording here. It's it apparently part of a trilogy. Like this mm-hmm. guy wrote two sequels to this movie with the same characters. Some of them were made into movies, and Alexander Payne said he didn't want to make any of them into movies. Yeah. But um, he wrote out the Sandra Oh character. Because he didn't like Sandra Oh, <laughs> like hmm. during production of this the film, they didn't get along. So when he wrote the sequel to the book, he intentionally wrote that character out because he didn't want to have to deal with her again. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> just in case, uh, which kind of makes sense because well, it's, it's clearly autobiographical. She's
1: like the biggest deal actor in this movie. Well, though, she was right? on Grey's Anatomy she for She was a on decade. Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so in terms of like. It's earning power of these that. actors, I think she's actually like crushing it. Yeah, you know, I'm
0: sure yeah. she's made the most money out of all of them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Paul J. probably has the most like prestige pictures. Like he he yeah. had a HBO miniseries where he was John Adams. Yes. And he was he was also in a superhero movie. I think it might have been one of the other Spider Man movies. Um and he He'll
1: pop up in bad movies a lot yeah, too, and he's yeah. usually like a shining light in the in the film.
0: Yeah, he is. I mean he's what uh, he's kind of got this like he's the sad set character right like that's his calling card but i think that he can also like bring a lot of humanity to that kind of trope and it's easier for that guy to just kind of be this dude that you feel sorry for the whole time and i think that he is more than that yeah
1: there's some like dark moments in this film certainly like very dark (laughs) yeah i forgot like how dark those were what are you thinking of um how when he calls his ex-wife, I think is oh. one of the darker moments in the yeah. film. <laughs> yeah, it, and it was like like on his way out the door. to Yeah, go I forgot that it happened. <laughs> yeah, and on this watch, I was like, "Damn, that's like <laughs> that's ice really pitiful." And yeah, he comes across very poorly. Yeah, the Thomas Hayden shirt Jack. No, 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 I think no. Paul Giamatti like comes across. Oh, very oh, poorly. you're talking
0: about when he gets drunk and calls. Yeah. S- yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. that was. Uh, that was sad. It was a sad scene.
1: Yeah, it's that, it's really sad. Yeah, yeah. And his whole like thing is sad. He wears like the, even his like fashion choices are like
0: <laughs> don't so,
1: don't age well and probably weren't good at the time. Yeah, it's and, all like what like polo
0: shirts and cargo, cargo. shorts. Who well, actually?
1: Whoever yeah. did the costuming for the movie like nailed it. <laughs> like <laughs> like crushed like sad suburban man. Right, like, like they really like crushed it on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The yeah. the sad moment that I had forgotten
0: about was toward the beginning of the movie when they visit his mom. And
1: like he I steals forget- the
0: money. He steals the money. Oh yeah. man, that was really dark. Yeah. And then it gets worse when he goes back downstairs afterwards, and, and she asks, she asks him if he needs money. Yeah, and it's like, oh man, nice. <laughs> like that's that's tough.
1: Yeah, that cuts that cuts Steve.
0: Yeah, I forgot about that whole sequence there that they do that.
1: Yeah, same because it's kind of a throwaway scene in the movie. Yeah, but it like it sets up his character and for context they're like they're leaving to like go on this bachelor trip right. leaving
0: late like several hours late because yeah. he just like didn't get up
1: because he woke up hungover
0: right and like was fucking around in his apartment for a while and yeah. lying about him being on his way and et cetera. Et cetera.
1: Yeah. yeah and then to get a free meal yeah. and for him to steal money from his mother yep. they stop at his mother's for her birthday yep under the contact or, or under the guise of her birthday yeah but then they're not really there for that because they they leave without saying goodbye and,
0: and you know. he steals like they sneak out three four hundred dollars yeah yeah uh, so yeah that was dark it was super dark um, and I th- I think they, they do they do a lot of work to set up the Paul Giamatti character as pretty despicable because they, they show him as lazy as selfish as a liar as a thief Like yeah
1: pretty much. He's, he's very full of himself, too. Yeah, he
0: has a very high opinion of, of who he is and of his his, his opinions about wine, specifically. Um, he draws a lot... He clearly draws a lot of his identity from his consumption of of wine. Well,
1: he's... Uh, yeah, and he, like, appropriates class from it. Yeah. Where he... He is poor, but he can seem... He, he can like see, he has money, because he knows wine really well. Right, he seems mm-hmm.
0: refined, and he seems classy, and... Yeah. Yeah, so he, and he can... Play that off with his, despite his being an eighth-grade English
1: teacher or whatever. But then he's contrasted so well with his with Thomas Hayden Church's character, who's rich but is also a complete dullard. Yeah, but is very successful just because he's good-looking.
0: Yeah. Well, but even his success is kind of. It's not that clear to me, right? Because he's an actor, but he's... He he's like about, a
1: wash-up actor.
0: Right. He's, he had like a recurring role on a soap a decade ago or something, and he's been mm-hmm. doing commercial work since then. He's considering like entering into his future father-in-law's real estate, real business. estate business. Yeah, I don't
2: get the impression like he was actually rich, but that no. he was about to marry into real exactly. wealth. Yeah. Well, he,
0: like
1: real wealth, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. That, and, and you get the sense like they go to his fiancé's house or his fiancé's parents' house, and it's this... Frickin' mansion in the middle of Los Angeles, um, so yeah, I get the I got the feeling that he was probably doing a little better than the Paul Giamatti character, but yeah. was still like on a razor's edge there,
1: right? Yeah, no, it's the it's implied that because of where the character drives, it's implied that he's in Pacific Palisades or okay. Santa Monica, <laughs> and like in a very rich area. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I, I, But then you also get the sense that he's, not just the sense, but they're quite explicit about how self-destructive he is as well because he mm-hmm. needs to marry into this family in order to maintain that lifestyle. Yeah. He needs to marry into this family in order to enter into this real estate business that he's planning on and the first thing he does when he leaves home is like have a trivial affair with the first girl that he meets. Mm-hmm. right? And so it's this, like, they're both self-destructive characters but in such different ways right? and they, they exhibit that self-destructiveness you know, uh, in in ways where one of them looks outgoing and fun, and the other one looks, you know, mm. reserved and and turned in on himself. But mm. really, they're doing the same stuff yeah. the whole movie. And one of them learns not to, and the other one
2: kind of doesn't.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're both losers, but just like different types of losers. Yes.
2: Two sides of the same coin. Yes, exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, Which is why they pair so well together. Right. Well, I mean, probably why they stuck together
0: for so long, because they, they say they were freshman roommates in college, and they're both in their 40s, or approaching 40 at least, <clears throat> and they're still hanging out together, essentially doing college things, like the Thomas Hayden Church character is just a frat boy. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we, I think you see this codependent relationship that becomes clear like as the movie progresses.
2: I mean... I think they had an interesting chemistry because their personalities fit together so well. Right, but are so different. They're so different, but that means that they fit together so well because they offset each other in a way because like Paul Giamatti's character is always (coughs) the kind of guy who's too cautious to want to do things. Um, And so he'll like, you know, consider the negatives first and then maybe not want to do something, maybe give up too early. Whereas Thomas Hayden Church's character um, is, More of the positive and just like try things first and see what happens sort of type, and so he can kind of pull Paul Giamatti's character into doing things, um, whereas Paul Giamatti can kind of restrain Thomas Hayden Church from, like you know, being too rash.
0: Although he can't, right? Because well, he tries. He (laughs) he tries to, and then he like kind of doesn't. Like he doesn't put. It seems like he doesn't put that much effort into stopping him from doing whatever he's going to do, or he's just unable to stop him because. He does end up getting beaten up. His nose is broken. He has to crash his car. His, he cheats on his wife, et cetera, et cetera. He, got, he almost loses his wallet and yeah. gets run out of that dude's house. So, <laughs> he, he, yeah, like, Paul Giamatti tries, but largely <laughs> unsuccessfully. Um, how do we feel about the two female leads, the Sandra Oh character and uh, Virginia Madsen?
1: The Virginia Madsen character feels like a Woody Allen character in oh, it yeah she like very easily falls in love with Paul Giamatti for unclear it reasons didn't make any sense yeah it didn't make any sense It yeah. was a
2: bit strange yeah
1: I mean it was better than a Woody Allen movie because she actually did have a reason to talk to Paul Giamatti right like, they have a mutual
0: interest in wine
1: they really like wine and that's what they connect over sure that is way more believable than any on screen <laughs> Woody Allen <laughs> relationship that's yeah. in any of his movies um, it's really hard not to compare these movies to Woody Allen, this movie to a Woody Allen movie. It, I, it, I agree. Yeah, especially um, in that context. If you believe <laughs> that they could connect over wine in a romantic way, then I think it could make sense. Yeah. But he's so despicable, though. There's no reason for anybody to like him. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he, they spoke before
2: even, his dark times, as they mentioned. They, it yeah, they, like they did. Yeah, right, they yeah. do have
1: like a prior relationship, which is maybe part of the reasoning here. But, right. but that's not on screen. Right. Like we never yeah. we never see it.
0: Yeah. yeah. So what we know about this guy is what we see, and it's this lying, lazy, cheating thief, the alcoholic, and
2: yeah. And their their yeah. first interaction, she's like trying to chat them up. Right. and he just says oh I'm tired we're gonna go back to the motel <laughs> right. and crash he like, exactly. like, just punts so hard and I'm just sitting there like come on man <laughs> yeah. like I felt like Thomas Hayden Church's <laughs> right. character I think we were bottom. all we
0: were all on uh, I'm, yeah, your, uh, I'm never
2: the Thomas Hayden Church character but even then I was <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: we all were yeah <laughs> like come on dude you're not gonna get many opportunities like this
1: <laughs> yeah Close. and the way that they he ends up <clears throat> kind of first kissing her feels a little not correct <laughs> well i mean yeah. that
0: that rang kind of true for me actually that, that whole sequence i think might be my favorite bit in the movie when they go back to sandra o's house and like they have you know, like maya and uh miles have that moment together and he, mm-hmm. paul giamatti gets that great monologue where she asks him uh about why he likes Pinot so much yeah and he starts explaining like in relatively technical terms like how this grape works and you gradually realize you know, during the course of this talk that he's talking about himself and that she is the one that is cultivating him and that he is sensitive and requires care, but when you give him that care, he he can come, come out of himself, yeah. et cetera. And it's a really well delivered. And she similarly has a, a great monologue about how she discovered her own wine and they like exchange these this moment and you can you can pick up the moment like the Alexander Payne cuts to a close-up of Virginia Madsen she's centered on the screen she's looking nearly right at the camera like she's ready to kiss you and he punts on it and he just says that he likes other wines too and like the moment is broken and it's after that that he realizes that he blew it that he yeah. tries to kiss her and it doesn't work Right, like so. For yeah. that, that ring really true for me. Like that, I thought that that
2: might be one of my favorite scenes, like ever. That it exchanged there. It's it's I really, beautiful. I really like the dialogue. there. Yeah. it was very powerful.
0: I think it's the best moment in the movie, and I think it's not that close. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I I think it's really really good, um, and just a, a great moment for Paul Giamatti as an actor. Like that he he was able to uh, draw out the, the metaphor. Like, yeah, because metaphor is pretty clear, but not make it obvious, and still like have the character realize that that's what he's talking about part part way through and like get a little self-conscious about it but power through anyway like it really subtle and really nuanced and then that he still despite realizing this about himself is unable to fix the problem in that moment mm-hmm. right so it's this great example about how understanding your problems is different than fixing your problems yeah and we see him, him that problem boom right afterwards i thought it was really effective
1: yeah, yeah. they the scene before that, they get dinner. Yeah. At, and he gets a drunk. At a restaurant. Yeah. And even before that, when they're about to, like, go into the restaurant, <laughs> I think is the funniest scene in the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. Yes. Thomas Hayden Church, like, gives them this pep talk about, like, what be, they're going to do. This and be and, cool, dude. They want to
2: drink Merlot, we're going to drink Merlot. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: And then he screams that he will not <laughs> drink Merlot in, like, any yeah. situation. <laughs> I think best by far, like, the funniest moment. And yeah. I, I think the movie's good about balancing, like ups and downs, actually. That's so why I think one yeah. of the reasons that the movie works is that, like, yeah. it's continuously funny and it weaves in dark, pretty dark moments. Yeah, yeah it, I mean, yeah.
0: You, you've mentioned Woody Allen a few times and I certainly see the Woody Allen parallels, but the yeah. two directors that reminded me most of is early-era David O. Russell, like, before he went off the deep end and, like, started making American Hustle and all that garbage. <laughs> um, and also Billy Wilder. Like, I think there's some Billy Wilder in here in terms of how he is mixing, it, like, doing this dramedy thing and having this, this very humanistic style of humor and, and like, these chari- the very character-driven narratives. Um, the, the, those are the two guys I was reminded of, especially David O. Russell, because it's, it's more recent. But I think there's, there's shades of Odd Couple in here and shades of, like, I Heart Huckabees and things like that. Um, and, and in that scene, in that moment, right, where we have these two guys that... Uh, are, that that it's a very funny moment. Two guys, very different, and delivering jokes that are very specific to them, right? But, uh, that that I, I thought worked well. Yeah. So yeah, that was a good scene.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. I like that scene a lot. Yeah. The and other one
0: that I, I like a lot is when they first do the wine tasting, and uh, <laughs> and Paul, Paul Giamatti is like walking him through, walking the uh, Thomas Hayden Church character through like how you evaluate and taste and smell the wine like beforehand and he, he takes the sip and he holds the his finger up to his ear <laughs> as he's like smelling the wine or whatever. Like that little touch right there. Yeah <laughs> that worked really well. And then Thomas Hayden Church is just like, Yeah, it tastes
2: pretty good to me. The the <laughs> like, the look on Thomas Hayden Church's <clears throat> face when Paul Giamatti said there was like a hint of cheese. And yeah. The smell on the wine yeah. was so perfect. Yeah, that like incredulousness. Yeah, I yeah. think
1: he takes a drink and he puts his cup down. And he's like strawberries. Uh. Yes, strawberries. Yeah. No cheese though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like that, was, that was good. And I like I like that.
0: That's the running joke in the movie where every single wine Thomas Hayden is like, Yeah, I think I it's good. It good. I think it's good. <laughs> yeah. every single one he likes and, and I, I like that contrast between the, the two Paul of them
1: Paul G. Muddy does as well though like most of the wines <laughs> that he tastes in the movie he says he likes Yeah, but, but not he all does of it in like a really
0: pretentious way
1: pretentious yeah.
0: way yeah um, there's, yeah there's a couple where he didn't um, the, the Sandra O Wines right the ones that she served him and that
1: kind of convinced mm-hmm. her that he was like legit
0: yeah. yeah she like agreed with him yeah right on one of them yeah. um, but yeah, he she still ended up with with Jack um and then the when he like has the freak out at the wine bar, he didn't like those wines either. Um so yeah, yeah, I think you're you're right. Yeah, the freak he, out being also.
1: that he, he get his book is turned down by his agent. Yeah, he's an author. Yeah, uh, he's He's a novelist. He's a he's a wannabe author. He's a yeah. He wrote a book. He teaches that English. That nobody read, and he teaches English. I
2: think I think that was what I thought was the funniest part of the movie when he says like, "I can't even commit suicide because I haven't been published yet." And then Thomas Hayden Church says like, "Oh, you know, the, this one uh, the, one the, author the guy that wrote suicide. Confederacy of yeah. and uh, got famous after and he's just like, thanks. <laughs> yeah, So you're you're clear to commit suicide. Yeah. go right ahead.
0: And then he like deli- he quotes that Bukowski line, yeah. and he's like, "See, I couldn't write that. That was really good. It's like I couldn't write it either. It was Bukowski." <laughs> like, yeah, that, and, and like that, it finds these like moments of humor when he's having this existential crisis. It's, yeah. it's very Billy Wilder, very David O. Russell for me. Um, I don't see Woody Allen as uh, quite the, the same kind of humanist director that. That Alexander Payne is
1: no Woody Allen's movies are about Woody Allen,
0: right? Exactly, All right. and I don't think that, the, especially when you compare it to the rest of David er, of uh, Alexander Payne's filmography, I, I, I what I see running through his films is uh, are movies that aren't that egotistical, right? Like I don't think he's making movies about himself, but very concerned with and caring of his characters. And I don't think Woody Allen often cares about his characters that much. Like, they're, they're more playthings for him, whereas for Alexander Payne, you look at stuff like Election, Citizen Ruth, uh, he, he cares about these people, I, I think. I think that, he, like, the, the way that he directed the, the Paul Giamatti monologue, I think, shows that. Right? Like, it's a, it's a caring director. Um, Have you seen any other? Have either of you seen any other Alexander Payne?
1: I've seen Election.
0: Election's great. Yeah.
2: I don't know (laughs) if I know of any of his other work. So you
0: haven't seen Election? No. Uh, Election's a great movie. It's uh, Reese Witherspoon um, plays Hillary Clinton in high school, essentially. Um, And it's about a student council election that, like, everyone takes way too seriously. And it's a comedy, and it's really good. Uh, Matthew Broderick is in it. Um, And it's as one of the teachers. uh, That's a great movie. He did Citizen Ruth. Which was his see that. first movie. And he has a new one that just came out uh, with uh, Downsizing, um, is him.
1: Is that out yet? I think
0: it has been playing at a lot of festivals and getting mixed reviews, and it's not out yet. It looks mm-hmm. very strange.
1: Yes. It's so quirky that it may
0: not. Yeah, I mean, it looks like Charlie Kaufman level quirkiness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how it plays. I've heard it's actually not that great. Uh, hmm. But his most recent movie before that was Nebraska, which was that great. Um, yeah. Do you see Nebraska?
1: No, Nebraska? I heard it was good. It was Will Forte, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and yeah. Um, Bruce Dern. Yeah. It was really still a show. Uh Nebraska's the one about a small town in Montana, actually, uh, where <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, de- the elderly dad who's played by Bruce Dern gets some junk mail that says that he's won a million dollars and he has to show up to this place to collect his million dollars, so he decides to walk to Nebraska because the place is Lincoln, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, drama and comedy ensue from there. Okay. Um, and it's really good. It's actually really an excellent movie. Came out a couple of years ago now,
1: I think. Um, yeah, that sounds right.
0: Right, but I like, my point is that I <clears throat> I like Alexander Payne and I think that he is a thoughtful, caring director. Mm-hmm. I think I get the impression that mm-hmm. he likes his characters a lot, um, which calls to mind Billy Wilder and David O. Russell, early David O. Russell, for me.
1: Yeah, I think, I, I like Paul Giamatti. I think he's what draws me to this picture. Yeah. I think, I like him in everything that I've seen him in. Um, yeah, even the bad stuff. Even the bad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's one of those guys. that's like the good part of a bad movie, right?
1: Yeah, he was in Shooter. He was like really good in that. Was he? Okay. Yeah,
2: he's played villains too, right? Doesn't he show up as a villain was, on that? He was the
1: villain in Shooter. Oh, was he? I okay. And I feel like the go. only other things. thing I
2: really remember him in is like <clears throat> that really bad Frankie Muniz movie that I saw when I was a kid. So a normal Frankie Muniz movie? <laughs> yeah. What sure. Are yeah. Spy Kids. But no. But he was like. He was, like, the bad guy. I just remember that he gets turned blue because they play a prank on him and he gets dyed blue before an important meeting or Wait, something. Wait, does he
1: take um, silver? Yeah, like that guy that tried to kill
0: himself? How did, how did that happen? No, no, in? no.
1: It's, um, it's, like, a libertarian thing because there's, there's some silver liquid that... They used to put in infant size okay. to clear the bacteria out of them. <clears throat> All right? Because silver is like a natural antibacterial agent. Huh. Sure. And so there's this small and weird group of libertarians that will take colloidal silver, which is what it's called, which is medicinal silver. Okay. It's, and, but if you take in a large enough dosage, your skin permanently turns blue. <laughs> I see. I don't think that's and what they were going for. There's, there's no ill effects to it, but your skin... <laughs> skin turns blue permanently why do they do it because it's an antibacterial agent it's uh, we have I other can means. only speculate okay. mental illness but <laughs> well they're libertarians uh, <laughs> that's its the, own mental illness it's for whatever reason there's this like <clears throat> it pops up in this like wow. I saw, I remember libertarian a picture. context okay
0: I, yeah I think I saw
1: a picture yeah. of somebody that had gotten the
0: blue skin and yeah, it's, it's bizarre. It's bizarre and immediately yeah. noticeable. Like It's not just he's, you look close and he looks kind of blue. No, he's blue. <laughs> it's yeah. quite obvious. Uh, so, okay, yeah, I don't know what this No, Munoz is. They, they,
2: like, prank him because he's the bad guy and they dye him blue and dye his hair orange or something like that. Okay, so That's all I remember from him. Yeah, like he's, was, um, he plays um, a minor character in a lot of movies. But yeah, he seems like a
1: working actor where he just, like, every now and then you see him star in something, he's great. Yeah, and then otherwise you see him just playing these smaller roles.
0: Yeah, like he, uh, he was in the John. Ad- he played John Adams in the HBO miniseries,
1: and he won like or was nominated for awards for that.
0: Yeah, I think there was uh, there. Uh, it's HBO doing a prestige miniseries. Like, of course, there were Emmys involved. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was actually pretty good. I watched it. Um, he played. He yeah, played, I watched
1: a couple episodes. And yeah, I remember um, liking it.
0: And uh, Laura Linney yeah. plays Abigail Adams. Well, she's good in everything. She's but, also good in everything. And yeah, what's especially good here. Uh, it was probably a little bit more friendly to John Adams than if she have been considering he signed the alien and sedition act <laughs> but uh weird. it was still good weird yeah,
1: yeah. um <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah like he just whenever you see him pop up you're like yeah yeah this is good solid yeah but i can solid. see why he's not like your go-to guy he is a little one note and that it like he is Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah.
0: He's not a character actor. Like, you you get... I, I mean, it feels like he kind of has two modes, right? Like, he has this guy, right? Like, the sad sack. Yeah, the nerdy sad the sack The nerdy guy. sad sack who can't, like, get it all together. And, like, the
1: villain, right? Like, mm-hmm. like he can be, like, the smart Over guy. Over the top, angry. Right. Like, he can do anger he's, pretty he's well. He's like the Dr. No kind of villain. Right. Yeah, he's... He yeah, uses like, his mind to get you. Exactly, yeah. yeah. yeah Like if Lex Luthor were fatter or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it,
0: he does kind of fit into these ne- niches, but he, he does it well, and I think that you can see him stretch his muscles here pretty
1: well. Yeah, I mean, he's hilarious in this yeah. movie. He's yeah. very funny. Yeah.
0: I love, one, one of my favorite moments here is when they're golfing, and like the other guys try to play through them because they're like arguing about something stupid on the on the golf course and they're taking too long they're taking too long and Paul Giamatti turns around to hit the golf balls back at him and he gets this like look <laughs> right like this perfect yeah. like angry I, now I'm going to show you what I can do look and like hits the perfect shot that almost like nails him like I, I liked that moment a lot yeah
1: he's he plays a great like suburban loser yeah yeah uh, like he wears cargo shorts all the time he tucks all of his shorts in <laughs> yeah <laughs> And he plays golf, but he's crappy at it. Yep. He's into wine. This is his only interest. But wine and, and writing. Right? Wine and writing. He yep. doesn't even seem to be a very good writer. Right. Not to have to get published. Yeah, and he's a teacher in just like a crappy San Diego suburb. Like. Well, Maya
0: seems to like his writing. Yeah, Miles seems like well, Miles is the Maya. Part. Maya. Yeah, Maya does. Yes, that is true. Or she likes yeah. him for some reason, and uh, yeah, therefore likes his writing. Or writer. that. Yeah so it's it is hard to say
1: um so i I think he does a good job of like playing this archetype of like sort of like suburban loser yeah and sort of like a dad but like doesn't have kids kind of character (laughs) without kids (laughs) yeah Yeah. he probably wouldn't be a great dad yeah he just transitioned into like middle age without Uh, any real purpose in life yeah other than wine and writing i guess yeah which is pro-
0: honestly probably a lot of people identify with that right mm-hmm. like not into the story like both of these characters are heightened but i think that yeah they, they fit into pretty common stories i mean i
1: think that's part of it, right that he's like very believable and like yeah. you really like once you see the like humanity in this character like you want better for him in this movie yeah and like you you start to side with thomas hayden church's character like charles is saying like like you agree with the Thomas A. Church <laughs> character, <You're> like yeah, <laughs> yeah, like get out there, like yeah, do something, such a yeah, yeah, do something. with your yeah, life. like yeah. yeah, you can be better, right? Well, I, I think
0: the the arc of the audience here is it does start there, right, yeah. where we have this like yeah, with this guy because we're we're immediately put against the the, the Paul Giamatti character, right? Like yeah. as we pointed out a couple times, he does all this awful shit to start the movie, right? Like, yeah, so that's how we're introduced yeah. to him. But I think the arc of the audience is gradually realizing that. Both of these lifestyles have very severe problems. Neither of these men are happy, and that Paul Giamatti's point during his, you know, pretty much like the character turning moment with that monologue is true, right? Like there is there is truth to that. That there he does have things to offer if someone can like nurture him properly, and that's really needy and in, in a kind of sweet pathetic way. <laughs> still, still true. Um, so I think that that's what alexander Payne is trying to do with the audience here i think at
1: least yeah, that, I th- that's I think the effect that had on me yeah i think for me it was like you side with different characters at different times sure. like yep. you start yeah. you real, you start on the thomas St. church side and you realize he's a scumbag and they like kind of switch and you're like yep. oh paul J. motti is like actually i'm on his side yeah yeah
0: yeah um is the virginia madison character a manic pixie dream girl I think she is, yeah. I think they are... It would be difficult yeah. not to her yeah. that. I think there are... But not yeah. completely, but I but think there are a She's got
1: aspirations. She, she does, does, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, but they're almost throwaway aspirations, right? Like, we get this line that is about, like, oh, she's in school, right? And she's going to not be a wait- Yeah, and she's wait- going wait- to be able forever. to
2: leave her job as a waitress right. to pursue greater things.
0: And yet... She, that, So I don't think she's completely Manic Pixie Dream Girl in the same way that Natalie Portman in Garden State is, right? Like, which I think is the example. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But she's still, like, A, that never never really comes up again, right? Like,
2: it's just this throwaway line about how she's in school and, like... It came up again at the end when she leaves him a message and he goes out to see her again. What she is says, oh, you might not find me at the restaurant for much yeah, longer she, oh yeah, okay. Graduating. It's graduating.
0: Two, th- two throwaway lines.
2: Um, and,
0: and, but then other than that
1: she has like potential right? but she's still just like a student
0: right she's still just a student and yeah. she still like still seems to orient so much of her desire around making Paul Giamatti feel better
1: hmm. I don't know about that
0: no the, the, she, she's the one that gets the speech about how you need to take, take care of me right she's the one who reads his book and has all these comments about it and says that she loves it so much and she's yeah, the target fair. that redeems him, or potentially redeems him in the closing moments of the movie.
1: She has she still like has her own right. She, no, thing she, going on. She like, does, and it's not it's not
0: so not to the same degree as as Natalie Portman in Garden State.
1: Yeah, but or like any Woody Allen female character. Right, yeah. or
0: the um, Kirsten Dunst in Elizabeth Town, which yeah. is the proto uh, manic pixie dream girl. But she's to me, she's still not someone who is really exhibiting her own in her life, right? Like, I have a hard time imagining what she is thinking except that she's thinking about Paul Giamatti.
1: Wine. She thinks about wine, right?
0: Right, and wine. (laughs) (laughs) And I... That troubled me, right? Like, I guess there's the moment where she, like, has a... Like, they have the necessary fight to, like, end the relationship so that they can get back together later on. And in that moment, she has some agency. But that seemed like more of a... Flat necessary moment than a character necessary moment to me. Yeah, and so they that that I I wanted more out of that character. Like I think that's my biggest gripe with this movie is that I, I wanted more out of that character. I think Virginia Madsen can do it. I think that some of the groundwork was there, and they just didn't really.
1: Pursue yeah, I, it. I think the point of the view of the film is just from Paul Giamatti's yeah, right. thing. So it is like things are just going to work out for the main our hero. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And, and that is what it is. But it still here's another movie about the sad white guy right? yeah and well, I do like this movie and I think it has a lot going for it and I think Paul Giamatti does a good job like I, I wanted more from that character
1: yeah that's fair okay <laughs> that's that's a fair yeah. totally fair criticism yeah. of this movie <laughs> alright I think um, one of the moments for me that kind of stood out uh, which I don't remember it's standing out to me before were Thomas St. Church they're talking about wine or they're at one of the wine vineyards mm-hmm. and uh mighty just stops and he's like you should just like work at one of these places yeah and at the moment I was like yeah, yeah why doesn't he work <laughs> like well, yeah. his job is he's terrible his life is really depressing like right he would be so much happier this character would be so the, much happier he has no family working at there and there's no reason he doesn't right right
0: no family there no <laughs> kids there the yeah. job is apparently transient like he can just quit it at any time it's it, yeah yeah you're right that uh, he should, he should do that same thing with like yeah. thomas hayden church like has that crazy idea where he says that he's gonna leave his fiance and like they're gonna open up a vineyard and like yeah it's a, it's a bad idea but it's not the worst idea in that moment I was, <laughs> yeah. yeah i was
1: kind of like yeah maybe he should do that like yeah. or
0: something like that like maybe yeah. you should take this a little bit seriously especially
1: like it's 2004 like you can get a job doing anything at that point like right pre-2008 jobs <laughs> where you can just like walk into an office and like Get a job. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, if it doesn't work out, you'll find something else. No problem. Yeah. Um, and real estate would have been a terrible investment at that's that moment. True. Yeah. <laughs> 2004. That's like four years well, later. You, yeah, you you well, have have you would have made <laughs> like billions of dollars and then would have been bankrupt in four years. Right. Yeah. So, he'd, he'd,
0: he'd, he's probably looking at a pretty good, you know, two or three years here, I'm saying Church. Yeah. And then he's done with
1: that. Yeah. Um, and the vineyards still do well. Like, yeah. It's one of the recession proof. Alcohol? Business.
2: alcohol is recession proof yes although the environment might isn't, isn't wine like kind of a higher end sort of thing
0: uh, i mean that's an interesting question um i mean i don't i'm not a wine drinker like i that's just not my alcohol of choice but my what i've heard is that wine the wine industry is trying to get away from that yeah. stereotype right like they, okay. they don't want to be associated with like the Mileses of the world and like Fraser and shit like that. They like want wine to be something that... More accessible. That's more... Exactly. That's more accessible. Yeah. Um, I don't know how successful they've been at that, but... Uh, yeah, uh, like I mean, I a mean, bottle's I mean, I mean, like 15 bucks and five, like... Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you Would,
1: catch a pretty good buzz from that. Right, you know? exactly. Like, yeah, if you drink a bottle of wine yourself, <laughs> like you're going Which <laughs> multiple characters do in this movie. <laughs> right. They're right. really
2: good at that and then they go and drive... There's a lot of... Yeah, not a that lot. That
1: struck me a lot. I was like, this is a pre-Uber... Movie. Oh
2: yeah, that's like because yeah. they just
1: they just drive drunk.
2: Yeah. I mean, he has a little line about how he planned it so that the last wine tasting is closest to their motel for when they have to drive home. Yeah. 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 They're just out Are they really a, doing this. Is yeah. Like, is their alcohol tolerance really that high? Yeah, and,
0: and like at the beginning of the movie, they open a bottle of wine in the car, bust out a couple of wine glasses, and just start drinking and driving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like okay. Very casually. But I guess that's what we're doing. And it, like, even
2: even Paul Giamatti, who's always freaking out about stuff, doesn't seem to think twice about this. Yeah. I guess he's such an experienced wine drinker that he has a very hard time getting drunk. Up. Right, the, the a lot movie, of
1: this felt realistic to me, though. That like felt yeah. very realistic for like pre-uber. That, like yeah, the, yeah you, you just, just drive yeah. drunk in California. You, you like, just have to. Yeah, uh, yeah. there's yeah. no way to get home. Like, <laughs> yeah, <what else? laughs> Although, they,
2: the one time he was actually like stumbling drunk, he was walking. Back. Yeah, they wa-
0: like that restaurant that the Maya character works at. They did walk to and from there. That it's, they set that up as like within walking distance. of Yeah, the
2: hotel.
1: I I don't think that they're actually in like. The legit California wine country. I think that they're in the Santa Barbara one, which well, it's definitely
2: the SoCal wine country. Yeah, it's in because they show they
1: say they're in Solvang, and then there's another city that they say after that. Much longer drive away. That's like the LA wine country. The upstate wine country is like the more much more prestigious one. This is one that you just like if you wanted to go from LA and not drive all the way upstate, you just go to this one.
0: Yeah, that's how they set it up, right? Like that. He's driving from San Diego to LA. They meet up there, and yeah. then they drive like a few hours out of town. What's e- the sense? Yeah, and
1: it's about three hours out to Solvang from L.A. Um, yeah. and, well,
0: and, and they name numerous towns that they visit here, so yeah. we could just look at them. Yeah, at. they
1: show. And yeah. The first one that they show is Solvang, which is okay. like... Solvang is this bizarre throwback in California where it's designed to be a Dutch town, or <laughs> d- designed after a Dutch town. So there's, like, there's wood, everything's made out of wood. It's the windmill? And there's windmills. there's windmills. There's windmills on everything. Well, the windmill motel.
2: Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. where they stay. And then okay. all the restaurants
1: they go into. It's all wood paneling. Like yeah, everything is wood. It's designed to be like like Dutch wow. influence. And then around this bizarre little Dutch town in <laughs> California is wine. Is is rainforest. the the Santa Barbara like wine country? Huh. And which is like sort of the, the like lower rent like wine country than the, like the upstate one because right. like it's drier. Like you're not going to get as like quality of wine. I okay. like the vineyards out of this. Huh. Although uh, he does have a little speech about how, like, this
0: particular area of California is good for this particular type of wine, and da 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 da.
1: Yeah, because the cool air like changes the temperature of the grapes, sure. and like, yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. It probably like doesn't really. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. Um, but as someone who's lived in California, that stood out to me that they were like they're going to like the lower end, like <laughs> wine country. As I, I obviously missed that. Yeah, there's yeah. like a class connotation to huh. it. Have you been there? Yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> okay. I, like, I, I, it, <laughs> was, it was one of the last things I did before moving from LA to New York. Yeah. I went with some friends um, and wasn't sure what to expect. And we. You can pay to have these, like, buses take you around. So okay. you, you, like, have, like, a dedicated bus that, like, takes you from vineyard to vineyard. And then they, like, feed you at some point in the day.
0: Yeah, okay. And you, like, can do tastings at these vineyards? So. Yeah.
1: And you taste, like, four or five wines at a vineyard. And then you keep okay. going until you can't. And it's it was really, really fun. Okay. I so was, you
0: just, like, pay a flat fee to the bus people? Yeah, yeah. They do all that? Okay. Yeah.
1: It's, all it's like, an all-inclusive package. And then you just you stay at one of these crappy little <laughs> motels in Solvang. And the Windmill Hotel. Eat, like, Dutch... Yeah, I've stayed at a motel like the one that I stayed at was very similar to the okay. one that they stayed at. Yeah, I mean it looks like a million hotels in yeah. America. Yeah, right? yeah, but this experience like rang very true, having like done that once. Okay, and it was surprisingly fun. Yeah, and I don't know anything about wine. So. Yeah, I think that's yeah. that's one
0: of the things I liked about this movie. Like, it has this. Like, it's not about, like, this life-changing mo- I mean, it is about a life-changing moment, but it doesn't feel like a life-changing moment, right? It feels like you're just hanging out for a week with these dudes at this yeah, place. Yeah, it's very,
1: like,
2: pedestrian, just, like... Right, it's very That is something I liked simple. about it, is how real it felt. It yeah. kind of felt like I was there. It felt like I was actually driving yeah. around SoCal wine country and enjoying these things. Yeah,
0: and, it, like, you just spend... It, it's not so much that you're witnessing these people as you're spending time with these people, Yeah, right? And, like, I, I think that it... It was an effective technique here,
2: um, and I, it, I feel like the poor video quality kind of contributed to that. I guess okay. we touched on that. Yeah, briefly yeah, yeah, I like, yeah. It 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 really helped feel like I was on a like road trip. Right. Yeah. I just had that feeling. It fits with the rundown, cheap yeah, like hotel is, feel.
0: Yeah. This is the hotel we stayed at. This yeah. is the yeah. venue that we it saw look, on Tuesday.
1: It yeah. looked like it was shot to tape, even. <laughs> it was like, Maybe. Yeah. It yeah. had like a film quality to it yeah and you're right they do a lot of establishing shots where it's like mm-hmm. here's where you are and then they'll do like little musical montages right to, like, well, like show this, that, like, they, had few, the, they do like, a few quirky yeah. slide cuts yep.
0: yeah there's a lot of montages and yeah. in fact I wrote them down um, because I noted how many there were there's a split-screen montage at towards the yeah, beginning bizarre, when they're like first looking at that you just pointed out um, there was a the drunk dialing montage which, yeah. speaking of which they had uh, there's a payphone sighting <laughs> right, <laughs> which you don't see anymore. Yeah, <laughs> like that. That dated the
1: movie. And Tom's st. church is like a old phones. Tom's st. Yeah. church has a cell phone, but nobody else does. No,
0: but yeah, and it's like a, it's a flip phone. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there was a. Uh, cell phone sighting. There was um, when there he's hanging out alone montage right when he's just like wandering around
2: looking at his porno this mag. town.
0: Yeah looking at the, the porno mag. Uh, there was the hanging out with the girls montage when they're getting drunk together and then later on when they're getting drunk together. Yep. And then there was also the montage where he's hanging out with uh, Virginia Madsen alone. Yeah. We had a lot. A lot of moments where it's just like
2: I didn't notice that
0: but there were that was like five or six right yeah. on that list and there were uh, I, I was surprised how frequently they showed up um, and how much they he, he leaned on them for mood and and they shot like
1: pretty cheesy too uh, yeah right. like they look like, they, nothing like fancy they look them. like tourism videos like, yeah nothing at all right.
0: like there's a side swipe
1: at one point yeah, yeah. <laughs> right yeah. like
0: the tr- they transition like, There's
1: also like a like a four shot yeah. Like, edit together. Yeah, that's, that's like the squares. And one of them is, like, Tom St. Church, like, waving his hand in the air <laughs> yes. in the car. It's, like, such a corny, like... Right, another one is, like, just a kind of homemade. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, like, and... Yeah, so it feels... Uh, I I don't know what to make of that. Like, I, I, I think that it does have that effect of being homemade and being, like, a travel video and all well, that. Well,
1: it's, like, it's a chatty movie. Because yeah. there's, there's no action... Until there
0: is.
2: Yeah. In, until there is. <laughs> yeah. But... It's almost a play. It yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought It
1: that totally it, can that be.
0: It has a... a it's basically so, like four characters. So I think
1: the yeah. montage is kind of break it up and get a, give it a little bit of like acceleration. Action. Yeah, It's like, here's some things happening and then yeah. we're going to go back and like talk for 20 minutes. Right, which is yeah. fine. Like, yeah. I, movies get to do that and yeah, that's, yeah, I, that's I, totally fine. I yeah. was, yeah.
0: Um, but it was immediately noticeable that... It's like, here's another montage
2: where they're all hanging out. Set up, to, jazz set, like to yeah, jazz. set to, some,
0: like, pop jazz music, and they're the all... The music
2: felt super cheap in this one. It seemed yeah. like hotel elevator music. It, it
0: felt like the, just, like, the mass-produced music, right, mm. where someone's like, we need something that sounds like light jazz, and they have, something like, their... Something very inoffensive. Right, like, their commissioned guy that does that, and they have their studio mus- musicians to record it, and boom, 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 that's an afternoon's work, and yeah. <laughs> that that's it, Right. Um, so, yeah, that, that is exactly what it felt like. It reminded me a little bit of the Northern Exposure theme song, um, if anyone's seen Northern Exposure, oh. which is a great show uh, from the 90s. Um, I'm aware of it. Okay, it's great. It holds up really well. I've seen it recently. Okay, <laughs> It's actually really good. It's about um, a Mountie, right? It, no, um, it is about a small town in Alaska. Uh, the premise is that there's a New York... Uh, med student who graduated and he got a deal with Alaska where they would pay for his med school if he agrees to go up to Anchorage and be a doctor there for four years or something after he graduates.
1: This is not the show I was thinking Okay,
0: well he gets up <laughs> to, An- he gets up to <laughs> Anchorage and he finds out that, oh actually they're not going to be in Anchorage, they're going to be in like Sicily, Alaska, which is this tiny town with like 100 people in it maybe. Yeah. An
2: even smaller town in Alaska. An even
0: smaller town in Alaska and he has to, and there's, it's populated by, you know, crazy characters and he is a fish out of water. Okay, yeah. and it's good. It's a really good show. It's funny. Yeah, it's an hour-long comedy, which you don't see anymore, in, on TV. Um, but yeah, the, the music reminded me of North. Okay. History.
1: Yeah, but in general, the movie feels like Charles said earlier. I think that it's like, feels like a made-for-TV movie that yeah. just kind of like, like a good made-for-TV movie. Yeah.
0: Right. Like yeah. I don't. I don't think you would get, um, acting this good, at all on a made-for-TV movie. I think,
1: like, Netflix is starting to, like, dip their toes into stuff like this.
0: Uh, yeah, if, I don't know if you want to... Because like Netflix, Netflix does not behave like a, a network. Sure, but they're right.
1: starting to produce content that is, like, about an hour and 15 to an hour and 30 minutes, yeah. which is movie-like, but yeah. does not, like... It doesn't go through a theater. Right. It doesn't always have A-list actors. Its budgets are smaller yeah
0: yeah so it feels like this like if sideways had to come out 15 years later
1: it might be just be on netflix might just be on netflix yeah that's that's
0: plausible yeah that makes sense to me um for good or worse but yeah Yeah. Um, although it's harder i think it's harder for a movie like a netflix type movie to do the festival thing like this one did where like gains buzz and like people see it you know in like this isolated Environment where other people don't get to see it, and this was 2004, so it was all, not pre-internet, but like pre-film Twitter, like mm-hmm. pre, you know, minute-by-minute minute updates when you go to TIFF or, or Sundance, and so you like you have this isolated context where like everyone has seen this movie isn't excited about it, and like it gradually gets out that this is a good one, and then <laughs> it goes to some other spot, and the same thing happens, and like you get this slow rising build, yeah, um, and it, I think it'd be hard for a Netflix movie do that like a netflix movie couldn't have that same effect because it's immediately accessible to everybody at the same time right yes so it's it, yeah. like it, again that's not necessarily a good or a bad thing but it is a way that it kind of change changes how we consume these indie movies right and like the culture around these indie movies and so i, I wonder if it would make it harder for something like this to break into the oscars yeah.
1: possibly yeah we'll, i have no we'll, idea we'll, yeah, it's this model is still playing out yep. we'll see um, what happens with the disney fox thing and oh god yeah
0: that's uh, awful that would be terrible if that happened That is super <laughs> bad news yeah yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> there's like 80% of the content that we see is now one company yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. like uh, it, don't they each own 30% of hulu uh
0: that wouldn't be surprising yeah. yeah i think they each own so like just disney's turn into like the starting disney their company. own streaming service which now. is exactly what this is setting out for so like if they get all of fox's content too now it's just yeah yeah, they, and they can charge whatever the hell they want for that, really. Yep. Uh, yeah, so I really hope that doesn't happen. And it, yeah, it will. We live in Hell World, so. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Um, Charles, you got any uh, closing thoughts on, on Sideways?
2: Um, Stuff
1: we didn't talk about?
2: I really liked the passion they show for uh, Paul Giamatti's love of wine, actually. Yeah. Um, so we talk about how at the beginning he seems really pretentious about it um, because he's talking about all the different scents and flavors in the wine, but it's like it seems kind of ridiculous if you're not in that world, right But then he has the monologue that we spoke about later that really humanizes his love of wine and you get a really good idea of and like it's it's a pretty unpretentious like, confession of his love for wine, mm-hmm. right? And then Maya also gives a different take on it that's also similarly beautiful and... Yeah, um, like about the wine being alive. And yeah, and yeah. it was wonderful, yeah. and I, I love seeing what makes someone so passionate about something like this. I think this. That's a good point, um, it's, It feels very inspiring. It's very wonderful to hear, and I can identify with that a lot. I've spoken about it before, I guess, with the Boogie Nights episode about sure. um, you know the kind of passion for things. I feel similarly about Well, not wine. I can't get into wine, Um, (laughs) but there's definitely things that I'm into like watches or like audio products that I feel similarly for where like, you know, most people I talk to aren't into those kinds of things and maybe can't even perceive them the same way as I do. Um, Like, I probably can't taste wine like uh, Miles can because I don't he said something about like taste bud. You don't have a sharp, sharp, enough palate. Yeah, so maybe I don't have a sharp palate and I can't taste the cheese and the wine. Right? <laughs> but I have sensitive enough ears that I can like hear the difference between yeah. different audio products and like listen to different details and music and that kind of thing. And when you hear you know audio enthusiasts talk about how their speakers sound, it's kind of similar to hearing him talk yeah. about wine because you hear all these very specific terms for different ranges uh, in the musical spectrum. And words that don't really make sense when you're describing music, like you talk about music being warm or bright, and it's like, what does that mean, right? But I guess you kind of hear it and you figure it out, but Mm -hmm. it's very similar to um, this character's love of wine. Um, It also reminded me of Ryan Gosling's character in La La Land, where he talks about his love of jazz um, and what it means to him and that kind of thing. And I always love these displays of passion on screen, I guess, because I can identify with that myself.
0: Yeah, and I think it, it's... I mean, like, we pegged him as pretentious, but I, I wonder if this movie is pointing out that you can be both sincere and pretentious at the same time. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like it's hard to I don't be know an
2: enthusiast in yeah. some ways because, like, you know, you start to get a taste for maybe higher-end things within the hobby or whatever, sure. right? And then there's always things that you scoff at when you get into it, right? It's like, you know, since I'm a watch enthusiast... I look at people with like fashion watches. I'm just like, oh, you know, they're clearly not into watches. They don't have any real taste in, in watches or that kind of thing, right? And that's super pretentious. I get it. But once you <laughs> yes, really get once you really get into it, you kind of form these viewpoints, and you lose interest in what normal people might. Yeah. Like. Lose t- is, you lose touch fine. with the common man. I mean, they sure. So, right?
1: In general, like hobbies like wine are also like very money oriented though so like they're automatically pretentious because there's a class connotation to them right or like you need the money to spend on wine and nice wines and stuff like that so yeah Yeah, but he also like he gets taken down a peg kind of in the film though where at the end of the film, he takes his really nice wine. He oh just, yeah, that was another. He really just sweet. drinks it out of a foam cup. That was a
2: pretty heartbreaking scene. That was real sad. Cause yeah. like, but he has this great interaction with Maya, where she is encouraging him to, to just open, it, to it. open it and drink it, which is also a symbol for like breaking out of his yep. shell and yeah. just like going for know, it, going for it, it. enjoying
0: yeah. something. Yeah, yeah,
2: enjoying something before it's past its prime and I, all that.
1: And yeah, I didn't find that moment that heartbreaking. Really, like, it was like he was. To me, I read it that like he finally he confronts his ex-wife and learns that she's been remarried and that yeah. she's uh, pregnant, and so it's like it's sort of cl- allowed him to like close the door on that relationship. He doesn't handle it well emotionally, but he's able to kind of leave and like right. It's just over at that point, over, over, over,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and then he g- goes to, like a fast food joint and just drinks this wine, and to me that was like a nice moment because it was like he's able to like let this thing go that like wow. meant a lot to him
0: that uh, I didn't read it that way at all I I'd read it pretty much as just a sad moment because yeah I, like kind of a self-destructive
2: well, moment
1: it, it, it is but it's also this moment where he's like he's built up this one thing in his mind mm-hmm. and then when he realizes that it, it doesn't really matter and he's able to just like consume it in in huh. the way that you shouldn't consume it to me it was just like he's like letting this thing go because it seemed like a burden to him.
0: That's an interesting reading. Yeah. Because I I felt like the movie primed us for him and Meyer are gonna have this bottle of wine together, right? Yeah. Like that. That's what I, was thinking that's what they, as well. I think. That's what they were setting they were up. up. to it. And yeah. when they undercut that with, no, he's gonna have it alone, paired with a bad cheeseburger and fries out of a foam cup in this like, you know, garishly lit uh, fast food joint after he skips out on his wedding where he is the best man and should be giving a speech right like when they like they contrast like this potential moment that he had with this woman that he's clearly into and is into him and they could have had this you know beautiful thing together contrasted with what he actually did like to me like that difference like the the difference between the reality and the the fantasy was just devastating
1: yeah i guess i didn't read out that way i just felt like that that was basically my
2: exact reading too
1: yeah, to me it actually felt kind of hopeful that he was like wow. letting go of something that had like yeah. kind of burdened him. Yeah. Well,
2: and, I mean, and and
0: that is what happens, right? Because he goes and he Yeah, visits, and then what's his, her name? he's he's able
1: to like get back with Maya after that when she reaches out. Yeah. And so well, it's like this moment that kind of like allows him to get beyond this crisis of his life, which okay. is
2: his well,
0: divorce. Yeah. Although we we don't know that they get back together that, that's not the I don't think that's well, the he's point he's willing to go out and exactly. try yeah yeah, yeah. He, that's, the, that's the turning not, not yeah. that he gets the girl he can attempt to get the girl yeah because before
2: he always like sabotages his own attempts yeah. at trying because he was too hung up on Vicky yep yeah I think by like getting because and she says it earlier in the
1: film right that like why are you waiting for this yeah it's like why aren't you just like doing this why aren't you opening your bottle and he doesn't he doesn't know why. Yeah. And yeah. at this no at this reason. moment, he now knows that he's, like, able to, like, yeah. just do it and enjoy it. And that's, like, how you should enjoy these things, right? Yeah. Where if you, yeah. like, if you covet them and just, like, keep them in darkness, like, you're not enjoying the thing that you'd say that you're enjoying. Yeah. And, also, and so why not eat it with fast food? Who cares? It's yours. <laughs> okay. Yeah. An interesting, yeah. <laughs> interesting
2: tidbit. I think his hate for Merlot was because his wife... Liked Merlot. I think, oh, I I think m- I must have that was that. implied. I read. I, I think that was part of it. I, okay. Yeah,
1: I think so. They they never come out and say it, but it's it's kind of like implied that yeah. he connects like the two things together. Um, yeah. But I
2: looked up the wine that he had stored because it's a real wine. Right. and Apparently, that wine is like a hybrid of different types of wine, but it's like forty percent Merlot.
0: Okay. Interesting. Something like that. Well, I mean, that kind of feeds back into your. It supports your idea, right? Yeah. That it's about getting over something and, like, recognizing that your ex-wife is going to be part of you all the time and part of the things you enjoy all the time, but that doesn't mean they have to be miserable, right? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, okay. he
2: presumably has had that bottle since they were together. Yeah, 61, right? Isn't that when it was from? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean...
0: The, obviously, that's not <laughs> when he got it, but, yeah. So he, my point is he could have had it for yeah. a while. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, and I think there's something... There's a nature to, like, collecting things sure. that you're not, like... Like, it's fine. Like, lots of people collect things. They have different hobbies, like stamps. And there's a healthy way to do it. There's a healthy way to do it. And there's a way that, like, you should enjoy the things that you're collecting. And they shouldn't become these, like, things that are weighing you down. Yeah. And that moment to me was, like, about that. Understanding that you should, like, just try and enjoy things and not, like, let things go. Yeah, and
0: and it complements well with Maya's monologue after his, Paul Giamatti's monologue, where she talks about, the wine being this living thing, and what she likes about it is that it's constantly changing, and that there is a moment for it, and you enjoy it at that moment. Yeah, if you and don't, that, it's and wasted. that you you can't just hold it, you can't just keep it all the time and preserve it where it is. Yeah, um, and yeah, I think that this compliment your idea that complements that that uh, monologue uh, pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Nice so good work. Good Thanks. read. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen the movie a lot. though. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, any any closing th- anything we didn't touch on? Closing thoughts? I think we got
1: it all. I think the movie holds up, I and mean, you should watch yeah. it. it's funny.
0: Yeah, so recommend then? You said yeah. lot Yeah, I think yeah, so yeah. too. Yeah. It, it oh, feels great. like one of those movies that like basically everyone will like to some degree. Yeah, like, I think like it's, it's basically a good. Time bringing it
1: back to Woody them. Allen, I think it's better than like ninety percent of Woody Allen's films. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's high price yeah. He's,
0: he's, he's well regarded but uh, it's certainly better than some portion of Woody Allen films Yeah, <laughs> without a doubt um, and better than the second half of David O. Russell's filmography so it has that <laughs> for forward too um, but yeah good pick am yeah. um, I up next? what should we watch? okay um, I wanted to do a Daniel Dade Lewis movie because he has a new one coming out and he had a lot to pick from and uh, but I am going no, to. No, he only
1: has like five to pick from, right? <laughs> okay, but
0: he's still. Like a lot of good movies to pick from, because most of them are good. Um, I landed on Gangs of New York, so we're going to go do another Scorsese movie. I it think
1: it's on Netflix. Might be. I don't know. They, it has been recently.
0: Yeah, they shift around their library so frequently, but yeah. it is available on the internet somewhere. Yeah. Um, so Gangs of New York, Daniel A. Lewis, and Leonardo DiCaprio. I think this is our first Leo movie as well. Yeah. Uh, I've seen a lot of Leo movies. Well, not the, the first we've done for the show. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm <laughs> yeah. just saying I've seen a lot of
2: them, so there have been a few opportunities to pick one. Right.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and directed by Scorsese. Um, so
2: yeah, that's a trifecta.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They've no, they've never done anything else because Daniel Day Lewis never works. But Leo and uh, Scorsese Martin have done, done a, few. a lot yeah. together. Yeah. Um, So join us next week for Gangs of New York. Thank you for listening. Um, If you like the show, please share it with people that like movies or don't like movies, and you can make them like movies by listening to our show. So (laughs) thanks for joining us. See you next week.